Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
For I was happy when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Good morning, Salem, and welcome to worship here on this Friends and Family Sunday. We'd like to invite you to stand as we begin our worship experience. The scripture for this morning comes out of Psalms 149, verses 1 through 4. Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song, his praise in the assembly of the godly. Let Israel be glad in his maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing, make a melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let us pray. Eternal Heavenly Father, we thank you again for another day to worship and praise your holy and majestic name. We offer this worship service up to you as we worship you in spirit and in truth. Bless our time together and let your name reign supreme. We give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together and praise the Lord. You may be seated. How many glad to be in the house of the Lord one more time? We have the privilege on today of sharing one, in one of the two ordinances that the Lord has left the church, the ordinance of baptism. It is an outward display of an inward change for those who have trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. They are buried to the old and resurrected and raised in new life through Jesus Christ. And so let's celebrate that the Lord is yet adding to the church. Let's go down. Let's go down. In obedience to Jesus Christ, the great head of the church, and on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Let's go down by the river. Let's go. obedience to Jesus Christ, the great head of the church, and on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost.
to Jesus Christ, the great head of the church, and on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Let's praise the Lord, Salem. Let's praise the Lord. In obedience to Jesus Christ, the great head of the church, and on the profession of your faith, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Let's go now. Praise the Lord, everybody. Can we give God praise for the souls added to the kingdom? Can you stand to your feet this morning as we go forward in worship? We come here to bless the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's clap our hands this morning. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Come on. Jesus, I give you the glory and we give you the honor. Praise Jesus, I give you the glory and I give you the honor and I give you the praise. Oh, Jesus, I give you the glory and I give you the honor and I give you the praise. I come to worship you. Come on, church, let's say it together. Everybody say, Jesus. Jesus, I give you the glory. And I give you the Come on, I 
say to worship? Worship you. Come on, say. Oh Lord, I come. Come on, everybody, to worship. We come to worship. Everybody lift your voice this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give Come on, we give you the praise. We give you the honor. Come on, let's say I come. Come on to worship. Come on, oh Lord, I come. Come on, everybody, to worship. Come on, let's raise our voice this morning. Come on, everybody, Jesus. Give me the honor. I give you the honor. I give you the praise. I give you the praise. 
two words. Two words. You. Come on, give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. We praise the Lord on today for the opportunity to give him the glory, the honor, and the praise that he is due. How many know he's worthy on today? Amen. Even as we remain standing all across the sanctuary, it's time that we've come. It's come to the time that we are able to go to the Lord in prayer. We know the Lord hears and answers prayer. And prayer does change things. And many times prayer changes us. Amen. So we go to the Lord in prayer. We want to lift in prayer those who give leadership to our country, to those who are our local officials. Continue to pray that the Lord would give them wisdom and direction that they would follow his lead. Amen. And certainly for those who are part of our local congregation here at the Salem Church, those whose names have been called or have been listed, uh, Sister Mary Thomas, Sister Rosie Allen, the mother of Lois Hopgood, Sister Gloria Brody, Sister Camille Bullion, Sister Pam Childs, Sister Mary Frances Moore, Sister Brenda Prince, Sister Rashawn Scroggins, uh, young brother Langston Anderson, brother Rashawn Benton, brother Samuel Billingsley Sr., brother Brandon Cole, the son of Sister Cheryl Phillips, Reverend John Hogan, the father of Vic, Vicki Horton, Deborah Hogan, and Shirley Williamson, and Brother Larry Hunt, the son of Roberta Watson, and Brother Frank Stewart Sr. As well, we lift those in prayer and lift to the Lord those who are bereaved, those who have lost loved ones, Sister Sharon and Donna Reed and the loss of their brother, DeForest Reed, uh, the family of Brother J.D. Prince will be uh, funeralized here on tomorrow uh, in the sanctuary of the Salem Church. Brother Raymond and Sister Alberta Willis in the loss of her brother Lewis Parks. Brother Eric and Sister Deborah Hickerson. Brother Glenn Hickerson and Sister Pamela Henry in the loss of their mother Mary Lucy Williams. Sister Emma Devers in the loss of her sister Francis Ruth Burton, and we know again that the Lord is able to give comfort even in a time of grief and loss. He is a company keeper in our loneliest hours, and at this time we're going to ask Deacon Fryson to come and lead us as we all go to the Lord in prayer. Let us, let us pray. there is no other help that I know. 
sanctuary we praise God today for the privilege of prayer amen 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 we ask that you would please remember all of your weekly opportunities for ministry fellowship discipleship and worship 
for our young people, we want to remind those who have signed up, we'll be having our youth bowling at the mark on today, or yes, on today, following worship. Uh, again, it's in Elkhorn, at the mark in Elkhorn for fun time of bowling and playing games and time of fellowship. Uh, again, for those who have signed up for transportation, meet Minister Whitaker in the foyer around noon and the van will be leaving promptly at 12:15. Amen. As well for our members and those who are part of our congregation, we have uh, college care packages available for our college students. Please sign up uh, with the Education Council at the Welcome Center immediately following worship on today. We're also having a youth a virtual youth town hall meeting uh, on March 29th at 7 p.m. Please join. Once again, see Minister Whitaker for further details. And our young adult ministry is having a paint and praise on Sunday, April 23rd at 5 p.m. at the Highlander. So please join and sign up. Make sure you're a part of that wonderful time of fellowship. As well, it's uh, time for our youth who will uh, be a part of our youth church on today. You can be released at this point to be a part of that wonderful and blessed service. Amen. Amen. We want to take a minute to a uh, moment to uh, welcome those who are our guests, our visitors on today. If you are not a member of our congregation, we're just going to ask you to stand not going to ask you to give an Easter speech or anything of that nature. We just want to recognize our guests and our visitors on today. This is our family and friends day. We are so grateful for each and every one of you present with us on today. You may take your seat, but we pray and plead that this would not be your last time that you worship with us here at uh, the Salem Baptist Church. Amen. For those who invited uh, your friends and family on today and they woke up to the snow and decided that they were not going to come, ask them to come back next week. Amen. To be a part of worship here uh, at the Salem Church. As well, we want to remind you that on this coming Saturday, April 1st, from noon to 2 p.m., our deacons will be in place uh, distributing our communion elements uh, for those who will not be present in worship on next Sunday. Uh, you can pick them up and you can uh, receive those elements that as we uh, participate in that in the sanctuary, wherever you might be, uh, you will be able to uh, have those elements with you. Uh, we continue to say to our congregation and our community, our resurrection production is coming up in just two weeks. And so we need uh, volunteers, we need uh, actors and actresses. This is your opportunity to get on the stage and get your shine. Amen. Uh, so please, please sign up to be a part of that production. What a wonderful blessing it is that we're able to uh, do it fully this year. And so we need your assistance. Uh, we praise God that we have some volunteers from the Red Cross of the Midlands here. We're going to ask you to stand up. I didn't tell you I was going to do that part, but so grateful for them being present. Uh, I have the privilege of serving on their board, and uh, coming up uh, is our Sound the Alarm effort where we're giving out free 
uh, smoke detectors uh, at the end of the month. Tell me the date one more time. April 29th. And so we are, they're here to sign up for volunteers or persons who uh, need that uh, assistance. And again, we thank them for coming out. Your invitation is open any Sunday to come and worship with us here at Salem Church. There is a table immediately following worship. You can sign up and get more information uh, from the American Red Cross of the Midlands. Uh, Salem, it is giving time. Amen. Words. Chapters 1 and 2 of Genesis record the progressive steps of creation. The Lord's ultimate step was the creation of humanity, those who would bear his image, his likeness, and his spirit. Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 says this, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. and Man became a living being. The Aramaic translation of the Hebrew scriptures renders the words a living being as a speaking spirit. Some rabbinical scholars believe that helps us better understand the original meaning of the scripture. When we look all around creation, the question might arise, what differentiates humans from all other living beings? Most would conclude it is speech the ability to intelligently articulate and communicate our thoughts. We speak because the Lord breathed his life source into us. As a result, our words have the creative power to mold our future. Listen as scripture confirms this principle. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 14 says this, a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Romans chapter 10, verses 8 through 10, shows our words, our confession secures our salvation. It says this, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, further emphasizes the power of our words. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. All words are created not just good words of faith. If we speak constantly of lack and want, poverty and sickness, these words draw those things to us. But if we speak of the blessing overtaking us, of health and prosperity, if we confess aloud that we are blessed because we are generous givers, we will eat the fruit of our creative and positive words. As you prepare to give on today, repeat these words in your spirit. Because I speak the words of faith, blessings overtake me. Amen. 
Amen. We invite each and every person who's a part of this worship experience, both in the sanctuary of the Salem Church and the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Church, to give and know and speak those positive things even as you give, that the Lord's blessings will overwhelm you. Amen. Uh, we uh, remind you there are various ways, platforms by which you're able to give your tithe and your offering. You can mail them here to the Salem Baptist Church at 3131 Lake Street. Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You can drop them off and secure a tithe and offering uh, box just outside the, the church office. You can give through our website at SalemBC.org. Through Giveify, PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, and you can text to give at 402-543-3316. And for those who are in the sanctuary, as you exit worship on today, there will be persons in place to receive your tithe and your offering. Amen. We share this affirmation. It is an affirmation of what we believe about giving here at the Salem Baptist Church. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. If you believe it, put your hands together and praise the Lord. We're going to ask our music and fine arts ministry to come at this time and lead us further in worship.
We're going to ask that you would stand now in reverence to the word of God. Turn once again to the Old Testament, the book of Ezra, Ezra chapter 1. Ezra chapter 1, we'll read in your hearing, verses 1 and 2. And the word of God reads, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, All the kings of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, the Lord's word is blessed. I want to talk today for a few minutes by the help of God and the Holy Spirit from this simple subject, components of renewal and release. Components of renewal and release. I read an interesting fact just a few days ago, and it kind of blew my mind and it also caused me to reminisce, reflect, and ruminate over some of the early years of my life. Because in the midst of a digital streaming society, and in this case specifically a digital music streaming society, the fact that I read was to some, to some degree mind-boggling. The Recording Industry Association of America, in its 2022 year-end report, reported that for the first time since 1987, vinyl albums outsold CDs. There were 41 million albums sold compared to 33 million CDs. Now for the youngsters in the house, wonder what I'm talking about when I say vinyl albums. I want to use as a case in point my son Selwyn. Many years ago, just out of curiosity, I asked him if he knew what a record was, specifically an album. His response was perfect, profound, and at his age, appropriate. He looked at me with the facial expression of a child that clearly knew his father had no idea what was going on and declared, Dad, an album is just a big black CD. And I guess technically he was to some degree correct. Now those in my generation who survived a little bit of reel to reel, 
eight-track tapes. If you're under 35 or 40, you might need to Google that. Who survived cassette tapes and certainly vinyl records would know that to properly play a vinyl record, to hear the cracks, sizzles, and scratches of a vinyl record, it had to be played on what at the time was called a component system. Don't be acting like you don't know what I'm talking about. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of the youngsters, again, you'll have to Google this, but don't Google it while I'm preaching. Wait till you get home. Some of us, a group of us in the sanctuary of the Salem Church of Omaha, Nebraska, and some who are watching from the virtual sanctuary of the Salem Baptist Church, we can recall listening to our first vinyl record on what uh, can be imaginative imaginatively recalled as an all-in-one entertainment system. That's an imaginative description of what was called a console. The console, if you won't believe it, contained a television, a radio, and a record player. All-in-one. Some of y'all going back in memory lane right now. Those consoles were so big that it almost took a tractor trailer to deliver them or your uncle's rusty pickup truck with three good tires and one flat one. I recall the Backus family had a couple of those consoles. But when my older siblings started working on their own, they purchased their own component system play their records. And as I remember and recalled, I heard my first Red Fox and Richard Pryor jokes and Commodore songs on that component set. Don't judge, don't judge. Let me get to my point before I start reminiscing too hard. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that there were some components or items necessary to have a decent component system. Speakers, cables, a receiver, and what all started these musings and memories on today, a turntable to play your records. Now this is the point I'm trying to convey on today. That component system did not properly, proficiently, and productively operate if one of those components or elements of the system were missing, misplaced, or misaligned. Missing component could almost render the entire enterprise of projecting music fruitless and futile. You may have had the most technologically advanced speakers of the day, but if you did not have a compatible receiver, no soothing sounds would come forth. Your turntable could have the smoothest motor and belt drive available, but if the cables were not connected, no seductive or sweet sounds would stream from the speakers. All of the components had to be included and properly aligned and included for optimal operation. And understand, child of God, that's how the Lord works on most occasions. 
There are individual components, elements, and mechanisms that align, arrange, <clears throat> and assemble themselves for his purpose, plan, and program to proceed. One of the things that you should love about the Lord is that he does not work by accident. He operates through divine providence. Divine providence can simply be explained as the Lord's foresight, forethought, determination, and resolve. And it's applied in your life as the belief and trust that the Lord sees before and far beyond your human ability to determine what's needed to fulfill his destiny, intention, and aim for your life. As a result, he most times, even though we think he does so slowly, coordinates the components and elements to complete what he has determined for your life. Now, admittedly, there are times those components are only revealed on a need-to-know basis. He may not disclose or divulge all of the details, particulars, and minutiae when you want him to. I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but allow me to pause to address the question that's surfacing in the minds of many who are listening on today. And that question is, why does the Lord not always reveal the details, particulars, and specifics ahead of time when he already knows the direction he's leading you. Well, even if you weren't asking the question, I'm going to answer it. There are at least two proper answers. First, it is in an effort to allow you to strengthen your faith and dependence on the Lord. There are sometimes if you knew every detail you might just well convince yourself that you can accomplish what is placed before you on your own. Think about it. We live in a society where many declare that they have pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps. And they don't acknowledge who gave them the boots in the first place. They believe their successes are a result of their expertise, experience, and exposure. Well, uh, the Lord keeps some components of his plan for your life under wraps and reveals them when they are needed to be revealed to make you learn to trust in him even more. The old saints would testify, decree, and declare, the Lord may not come when you want him. But he's always right on time. Now, another facet of faith that is strengthened when the Lord does not completely reveal all of the details is that of the patience factor of faith. Sometimes he does not give you all of the details because he wants to strengthen the patience factor of your faith. <clears throat> if you knew 
when, where, and exactly what time the Lord was going to act, you may not be willing to wait on him. And knowing some of us, we might try to hurry the process, which many of us do. Yet I want to suggest on today, we need to add an addendum to the old adage that I just shared, that he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. And, and that additional addendum for me would be stated something like this. Yes, he may not come when you want him. He's always on time. But I would add, the Lord will never be late but you don't need to depend on him being early. Somebody missed what I just said. I, I think I just said something. Yeah, yeah. He won't be late. But you don't need to depend on him being early. You see, sometimes he does not reveal everything, every component to you because he wants to build, strengthen, and mature your patience, your endurance, and your perseverance. So don't give up before his purpose and plan comes to fruition because uh, you have to realize the Lord is coordinating the components necessary to fulfill his divine providence and determination. This is clearly seen in Ezra chapter 1. As the Lord aligns and arranges the components necessary for the renewal and rele release of those Jewish people who had been held confined in Babylonian captivity. Now, you're not going to get it all today. That's why I said components. So I'm just going to talk about the first component first component we observe is a chosen vessel. Don't talk to your neighbor, talk to yourself. Tell yourself a chosen vessel. One of the things I find fascinating about the Lord's course of action in bringing his plans and purposes to pass is that he chooses to do so most times through human vessels. He enlists and employs fragile, fault-filled, and sometimes frail examples of humanity to move his kingdom forward. He chooses human vessels. Now, a vessel is often referred to as a bowl or container, or on other occasions, a ship or a boat. And yet, it is often used in reference to human beings as vessels, sometimes empty, but made full by relying on the grace of the Lord. A biblical or Christian vessel is a person called and used by the Lord. A human vessel, <clears throat> as it relates to the Bible or Christian living, is always connected to a divine calling. And that calling is related to the will of the Lord. A human vessel called to perform a task or command of the Lord and to take full responsibility thereof. 
these human vessels are called by the Lord, directed by the Lord, empowered by the Lord, and ultimately used by the Lord. Before I move on to lift up some of the characteristics of the chosen vessel in the text, I want to highlight in this section of scripture, I want to remind each and every one listening on today, chosen vessels used by the Lord are not limited to and contained only in the Bible. Okay, you weren't listening, so I need to say that again. Chosen vessels used by the Lord are not limited to and contained only in the Bible. You need to remind yourself today the Lord is still choosing and the Lord is still using. Oh yes, as a matter of fact, he has his name on you. And he has a calling and a charge before you. You are one of his chosen vessels. The word reiterates over and over that you individually and the Lord's church and his people collectively are chosen vessels to exalt his name, to further his cause, to build his church, and to expand his kingdom. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6 says this, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. Exodus chapter 19 verses 5 and 6 says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. First Peter chapter 2 verses 9 and 10 reminds us that you're chosen by the Lord. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were a, a, not a people but are now the people of God who had not obtain mercy but now have obtained mercy listen child of God I want to tell you you are a chosen vessel chosen to the glory of God himself yes in this text we observe a chosen vessel that is a vital component that's necessary for the renewal and the release of the Lord's people. And we once again remind you his name is Cyrus, the prophesied and promised vessel that would be used by the Lord for his people's renewal and release. 
Now let's look at the characteristics of this chosen vessel after we read once again Ezra chapter 1 verses 1 and 2. And it says, Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing. Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdom of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem which is in Judah. Now from this scripture and scriptures found in Isaiah Jeremiah and reference scriptures concerning the Babylonian captivity, certain characteristics of this chosen vessel rise to our attention. And the first is this, he was a chosen vessel that was a conquering king, a conquering king. Now if you do a cursory and quick study of what had occurred to the Jewish people in Babylonian captivity, it's clear the Lord used Cyrus to secure their renewal and release. And he did not do so through negotiation mediation or arbitration. Cyrus, empowered by the Lord, conquered King Nabonidus, who had succeeded King Nebuchadnezzar, and he conquered the Babylonian Empire. You see, the Lord does not choose a vessel without providing what's necessary to see the assignment successfully secured. Cyrus did not conquer Babylon with faulty strategies and feeble soldiers. The Lord gave him wisdom and warriors. Child of God, remember when the Lord chooses you, remember that in all things you are more than conquerors through him who loved you. Oh, and just like Cyrus in the word of God, I want to remind you, just as he was a conquering king, you are a conquering child of the heavenly king. And so what he places before you, he will give you every necessary tool and resource to bring to pass what he has placed before you in life. I'm almost done, y'all. Y'all don't believe me, but I'm almost done. He was a conquering king, but he was as well a compassionate king. Remember some weeks ago I sought to convey the distinguishing differences between the Babylonian kings and King Cyrus of Persia. The Babylonian kings would uproot those that he had conquered. He would upset their religious and social norms and add uncertainty to the lives they had uh, crushed by causing them to be exiled in Babylon, far from the familiarity of their homeland and the security of their temple. Not so with this chosen vessel, Cyrus. Cyrus, in compassion and consideration, prepared to assist these former exiles to safely and securely return to their native homeland. 
Some might simply say it was strategic. Strategic. But I want to suggest there was some level of compassion and concern and care involved. Uh, it was a proverbial do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Cyrus, this chosen vessel, was a compassionate king. Child of God, it ought to be a great example to each and every one of us that each and every time we're able to exercise compassion for someone who is powerless, we ought to show some compassion. Listen, the truth is, you never know when you might be in the very same situation yourself. So he was a conquering king. He was a compassionate king. Uh, but he was a compliant and cooperative king. To be compliant simply means to be obedient, yielding and submissive, to be accommodating and acquiescent, to be accepting and agreeable. Compliant is the opposite of what some might be if the Lord commanded them to do something. Because some are resistant. Some, not y'all, not y'all, some are defiant. Some are rebellious and contrary. Some are non-conforming and non-compliant. Again, I'm not talking about y'all. And yet we see that Cyrus was a compliant and cooperative king. Now what might you ask, was he compliant and cooperative with? He was compliant and cooperative with the divine plan, purpose, program, and providence of the Lord. So much so that he unashamedly and unapologetically declared that the plan and program was the Lord, the Lord's and not his. Now before we read the scripture that confirms that, you need to recall that the Lord has been professing and proclaiming that Cyrus would be a compliant and cooperative component of his people's renewal and release. And then a part of eventually the rebuilding of the temple. Remember Isaiah chapter 44 verses 26 through 28 where it says this, who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers, who says to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited. To the cities of Judah, you shall be built, and I will raise up her waste places. Who says to the deep, be dry, and I will dry up your rivers. Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall shall be built and to the temp to the temple uh, your foundation shall be laid the lord was talking about cyrus y'all 
And remember, it's reiterated and restated in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1 and verse 13, where it says this, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. And then it says in verse 13, I have raised him up in righteousness and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city and let my exiles go free, not for price nor reward, says the Lord of hosts. Here in Ezra chapter 1 verse 2, we observe a compliant and cooperative King Cyrus confirming that what the Lord had declared would be done. Thus says Cyrus, the word of God says, King of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. It was this chosen vessel, this conquering, compassionate, compliant, and cooperative king that was a vital component in the renewal and release of these Jewish exiles on their way to liberation and freedom. And although over the next few weeks I'm going to talk about a couple more of the vital components of their renewal and their release, I, I have to rejoice that the Lord used a chosen vessel by the name of Cyrus to play a part in the renewal and release of, their, of his people in Ezra chapter 1. But it does not compare to the joy that I experience when I reflect and remember Deacon Fairley on the chosen vessel that he used to renew our relationship with him. And the chosen vessel he used to release us from the bondage of sin, the power of sin, and the penalty of sin. Oh yes, Cyrus is a great chosen vessel. But I want to talk to you for just a moment about the greatest chosen vessel. And that greatest chosen vessel I want to remind you, his name is Jesus. Somebody ought to help me preach this thing. The greatest chosen vessel is Jesus Christ. He's a conquering king. He's a compassionate king. He's a compliant king. And he's a conquering king. Did you hear what I said? He is a conquering king. He's a compassionate king. He's a compliant king. And he is a conquering king. Let, let me remind you, he's a conquering king. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 55 through 57 says this, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm trying to tell you, he is a conquering king. But not only is he a conquering king, he's a compassionate king. Romans chapter 5 verses 6 through 11 says this, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone will even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, that compassionate Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. I'm trying to tell you he's a conquering king. He is a compassionate king. But I want to tell you as well, he's a cooperative king. Because Philippians chapter 5, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 says this, Let this mind be in you which also is in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself I'm talking about he cooperated with the father but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, uh, that at the name of Jesus, oh, how I love that name, Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I'm trying to tell you he is a conquering king. He's a compassionate king. He's a cooperative king. But I want to close by telling you he is a risen and living king I'm done y'all when I share this Romans chapter 8 verse 31 through 39 says this what then shall we say to these things if God is for us hallelujah who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not uh, with him also freely give us all things who shall bring a charge against God's elect it is God who justifies who is he who condemns it is Christ who died 
and furthermore also is risen. I told you he's still alive. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. And he goes on to say who shall uh, separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for your sake we're killed all the day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us I'm done, y'all, when I tell you this. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I'm trying to tell you, he is, he's a risen savior. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, calling your name calling your name and I rejoice today because he's calling my name do I have a witness is there anybody here who have declared today I'm so glad that he is alive he is a risen savior he walks with me he talks with me. He tells me that I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Are you glad today that he is alive? Are you glad today that he is a risen savior? Well, take five seconds and give the Lord some sure praise because he is alive. He is risen. He's alive and well. Tell him thank you. Praise his name. He alone is worthy of the glory worthy of the honor worthy of the praise do you know he's worthy ain't he worthy ain't he worthy 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 yeah. worthy yeah. I gotta holler one more time. Yeah, he's worthy. 
crown and leave it alone. Denise, stop clapping. If you stop clapping, I won't holler no more. Ah, where
even now we extend the invitation. Romans 10 reminds us if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So even as this, this invitation is extended, we're praying for you right now that you would make a decision to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're here in the sanctuary, we invite you to come forward make that confession of faith be a part of the Lord's church here at the Salem Baptist Church. Or if you're listening or watching, give us a call at 402-455-1000. Option three, there's someone waiting to hear your voice. But we want you to make a decision for the Lord on this day. has been extended. You may be seated. Pray that on today someone has made a decision to give their life to the Lord. Immediately following our benediction, our ushers are going to come and escort you from the sanctuary. Pray this worship experience has been a blessing to you on today. Be strength for your journey as you move forward in this week. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for that chosen vessel that you have used for the renewing of our relationship with you and our release from the bondage and penalty of sin. We thank you for Jesus Christ, for his death, burial, and his resurrection. Now unto him, is able to keep us from falling. We send us faultless before his glory with exceeding great joy to the only wise God be glory that power both now and forever. And the people of God said together, amen, amen, and amen. We yet believe the best season of your life is just ahead.